Welcome to Canada's podcast. Hello, everyone. I'm Bonnie Elgie, one of your hosts of Canada's podcast. And today I'm delighted to be here with Joel Taylor. Joel is the founder of Patient's Choice, a medical cannabis company headquartered here in Calgary, Alberta. And Joel, welcome to the show. So glad that we could have you here today. Thanks so much for having me, Bonnie. It's really great to be on Canada's podcast today. Thank you. Well, I think we need to jump right in. Let's talk about how you began your career as an entrepreneur. Has it always been something that's been in your blood? Or tell us a little bit about what has evolved for you over the years to, to lead you to this place. Thanks. I, I, you know, starting off as an entrepreneur was something that it wasn't something that came naturally to me as a kid. It wasn't something, I wasn't that kid selling candy bars out of their locker. I'd love to say that that was the case, but it just wasn't, you know, it started off as, you know, helping friends with their businesses and realizing the freedom that they had while I was working away at a job or using my time off to work at another job uh, to help my friends uh, with their businesses. And I just saw I saw the stress in their face, but I certainly saw the amount of freedom that, you know, it gave them in the end, right? The ability to say, this is what my business does. These are the things that I want to do with my time and life. And, uh, you know, it was really, really exciting being a part of that. Um, you know, when I was uh, in school as a heavy duty mechanic, I had an opportunity to buy a, a large wholesale lot of tools from a tool supplier because they were going out of business and they had them all on sale. And I I bought a pallet of them and I had them shipped to the house. And then I began selling them to my classmates at SAIT as we were going through the program. I guess I kind of caught the real bug at that point, understanding that, you know, there is opportunity to turn a side hustle or, you know, these jobs that everybody's doing on the side anyways for not enough money to turn that into something real. Um, I became involved in uh, the medical cannabis space and I really saw what it was doing. And I, and I thought, I don't have enough of a hand on affecting positive change to it. And that was really something that I wanted to do was sort of change the way that medical cannabis looked in Canada. And it wasn't about, you know, and from an ego perspective of trying to put my thumbprint on something, I just saw something that wasn't quite right. And I knew I was in a position that I could affect a change. And so that's why we wanted to develop patient choice to, to be able to do that, to make it a little bit better for patients out there. It's causing me a lot of gray hair and a stressed out wife, but I think at the end of the day, you know, we're trying to do something good. And as an entrepreneur, it's really satisfying to do something that not just only is a successful business, but it also is kind of a place of heart as well. It feels good to be doing something good as well, a positive impact for your business. Yeah, for sure. Well, and I'm curious, like, it, I mean, um, it's still a relatively new um, industry in Canada from the perspective right. it's just been legalized for a few years so what has it been like to navigate that like I, I would imagine it's a huge learning curve and with all of the regulations and different um, bodies that you must have to be accountable to it it must have been quite quite a, a an effort to to really understand and navigate that industry oh it's it's unbelievable you know and and health canada it's, they're not the easiest to deal with. And, and I understand, you know, with the global pandemic and everything like that, Health Canada is very underwater with a lot of things. And so, you know, managing the medical cannabis regime has become very difficult. But, you know, when we were putting together patient choice, I knew that there were certain things that I just can't do. I, I 
I just don't know. So we need someone who's technical. We need someone that can actually go through the terrifying Health Canada stereo instructions of regulations that they have for us. And, and I just sought out those partners and, and worked with relationships that I had for people that were really good at certain things. And it just sort of aggregating good people that you know to put together a business. And that's what, that's what makes it successful is, you know, reaching within your network to find outside of your network. Uh, my partner in compliance, Jeff Myers, uh, actually did our license. He was the first individual license holder in Canada. We had to get it amended to become a business. But Jeff is just absolutely phenomenal when it comes to reading and understanding the regulatory processes of Health Canada. And, uh, you know, I can't thank him enough for being a part of the team for that. It's just not something that I have the patience to do. Or I don't know if it's the wherewithal, but I just can't sit there and read stereo instructions like that. And, and having a partner that's able to do that is completely invaluable. So you need to seek those people out when you're aggregating everybody together to build your team. That's really what the success is of everyone around you coming together to make a business uh, successful as an entrepreneur. It's not just you. It's got to be everybody. Everybody. Absolutely. So uh, you and I, when we were chatting before, before the interview, you talked a little bit about um, you've had a lot of lessons learned by <sighs> or failing forward. And I wonder if you could maybe share a couple, you know, I, I think our entrepreneurial community is always wanting to learn from each other. And, and how do you bounce back when you run into roadblocks and challenges? What are some of your stories and, and how have you overcome those challenges? Yeah, I, failing is, is all part of it. And, and sometimes you fail fantastically. <laughs> sometimes it is absolutely atrocious and painful and stressful and it takes time to recover from these things. All of these things are impermanent and you can continue to move forward and don't let the idea of, you know, failing stop you. You're going to fail. You're going to fail all the time. I mean, we'd never walk if we, if we weren't falling down as toddlers and rolling around on the floor, but it's, it's having that courage to get up and try again. And then when everything's against you to, to just kind of gut it and keep on going, um, not knowing when you're licked. I think that the, the human spirit is something that uh, holds a lot more power over us than we really kind of understand sometimes. And, mm -hmm. you know, I don't mean that from the, the point of view where I've got crystals and stuff all over my house or anything like that. No hate on people to do that. But, you know, there's a lot more within you for mental and physical endurance than, than you really realize. And you can get through things and you can get through these tough things and and the second you come out the other side of it and you look back in the rearview mirror, they, they start to look pretty small when you're facing them. It just, it's a mountain, but in the rearview mirror, which it will be one day, you know, you think, wow, that was, that was an incredible learning experience. It feels like being at sea where you're constantly drowning and the waves are getting bigger and bigger, but you kind of forget that you're getting much better at swimming the whole time. And, you know, it can be difficult, but uh, you're really, really succeeding where a lot of other people are sort of giving up or losing hope and, just hang in there. Hang You've in got there. it. It's within you. <laughs> <laughs> so what, Joel, what helps to keep you grounded? Like what are some of the things maybe that you do personally, whether it's, you know, within your routine or some of the podcast books, whatever you might pull on, like what helps to keep you grounded so you can have the resilience to get through those times? Oh my God. My wife, mm -hmm. um, number one, that's my partner. Um, 
You know, it's really, really important to have someone that you trust, someone that you can, someone that you can talk to, someone that you can tell all of these problems to, uh, be it a mentor or a spouse or a partner or someone. You have to be able to discuss these things with someone that um, can just accept what you're saying and not necessarily pour tons of advice on you and you should have, could have done this and you should have, could have done that. You need to be able to share these things in order to get them out so that you can talk about them, think through what it is that's going on with you. And my wife has been uh, an absolute uh, gem. Uh, she's, she's, a, she's a perfect sounding board. Um, she, she loves to play devil's advocate for me as well, which is it for me is incredibly helpful. You know, um, she loves to be able to reverse the role for me so I can, so that I can step out and take a second perspective. But I think that that's really important. Um, finding ways to relieve stress as an entrepreneur is a must. And I don't mean you need to, you know, go out and go skydiving or anything ridiculous like that. If it's, if it's just watering your plants or taking a few minutes to stretch or, you know, taking the luxury time of being able to walk your kids to school and things like that. Those are really grounding moments for you that kind of say, Hey, you know, this is my life. This is what's happening here. I've got a lot of work stress, which is pretty normal for entrepreneurs and startups, but you need that grounding moment where you can just kind of bring yourself together and say, mm -hmm. this is not so bad. I'm creating a great life here. Yeah. And I've got good people in it. And so what fuels that passion for you um, in terms of, of what keeps you going? You certainly are in an industry and, and have shared some of those challenges. So, so what keeps you going? Like what's your vision for, for patient's choice and how you want the business to grow? What I would really like to see for patient's choice is ultimately to create a space where medical cannabis patients um, be them growers or just cannabis users, you know, topicals, edibles, whatever it is that they are. I want them to have a place where it's easy for them to access a, a large variety of licensed producers. I want to streamline the over complex medical cannabis processes and regulatory compliance hoops that they have to jump through, make that as simple as possible. I think that we kind of forget that the reason we're here in the medical cannabis space is because of the medical patients. Now, recreational cannabis is very popular, and I know that medical patients like to uh, dip into rec because it's it's the grab and go. It's easy to go into a store and manage medication and things like that. I'd really like to see a lot more focus in the medical industry of medical specific brands, medical specific products. Mm -hmm. I'd like to see much more um, much more education go out there for patients as well. Now that I'm a license holder. I can't, I can't make suggestions to patients and I have to be cautious about how we educate our patients. And we just really like to see patients have a lot more education coming into, you know, the, the, the marketplace where they're actually buying. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to see a little bit more equity for, uh, you know, sort of small to medium size uh, cannabis producers and enterprises, micro cultivators, to be able to reach directly out to a patient and sell to them directly good medication without having to go through a recreational channel where, they're losing 50% off the top or being held hostage by a large scale licensed producer where they're having to bulk sell cannabis out to an LP that sits on it for months and months and then sells it when it's dry and stale. And that, those are some of the things that we'd like to see change in medical cannabis, but the reins are pretty tight right now and Canada health Canada is holding it pretty tight. And 
I understand that they don't want to let the horse all the way out of the barn because it's very difficult to get it back in. But I think we'll see a lot of deregulation over the next couple of years. And I think that'll be a good thing. Right. Right. Well, and uh, I mean, your, your business is online. So were you impacted at all with the pandemic or did you see, did you have to pivot or make any adjustments as a result of what we've been living through over the last 18 months or? It's, it's something that, you know, every business and every Canadian was affected by. Thankfully, our direct business wasn't affected by uh, COVID-19 as much as a lot of others. But I would say that our partners and people that we work with on a day-to-day basis, our staff, our contractors, uh, even our partners at LPs, I feel like they were hit very hard with COVID-19 uh, restrictions, regulations, and things like that. These gardens, they still need to produce medication and it's putting a lot more undue, both financial stress and just sort of, you know, personnel staffing issues uh, on hold for a lot of people. You know, we worked with our partners and tried to make sure that, you know, we were a part of a solution on there and rather than another stressor for them. But as our business is an online medical cannabis sales platform, we have been very, very lucky that anybody that works with us is able to work from home. Um, we don't have to have them come into the office or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Our office is absolutely empty now, uh, other than uh, Christmas trees and uh, winter tires that we let everybody store. There. <laughs> so what do you do as, as we start to see things open up again? Like, will you continue to have your team more dispersed and remote? Or do you hope to bring everybody back together? Because that's also a challenge now. I think a lot of entrepreneurs are faced with, okay, how, what is our go forward plan now that, that, We've been working remotely for so such a long time. For sure. I miss people. I miss our people. And of course, I want to be with our people. And as things open up, absolutely, we'll make time to be together. We can schedule times where, you know, we can come together and have meetings and things like that. But we're seeing a lot of productivity and just sort of everybody that works with us is happier working from home. Mm-hmm. It's not that they're unhappy in the office or, you know, just the productivity is higher because people can get up from their desk and they can go pet their dog for a minute if they're, if they're stressed out or if, you know, they have a lot going on. Whereas in the office, you know, you're sitting there with other people and you're in a, you know, it's a confined space and you're at home. It's nice and light in my house. Like I've got, you know, I've got my pets here. I've got my kids here. And I think that, you know, as a community of business people and entrepreneurs and, you know, employers and staff, I think it's really humanized a lot of us as well. Um, you know, maybe not for you or, you know, maybe for you, but when I have meetings and, you know, you're having a very serious professional meeting with a, with a partner or something like that, and you hear a baby crying in the background or someone's running in for a kiss goodbye before school, that's something that I really am grateful to see. And I really appreciate that. It's, it's the humanization of all of our partners and people that we do business on the daily. And it's, it's something I really love. I love to see somebody's dog barking at the Amazon guy or totally. Yeah. It kind of levels the playing field for everybody. Doesn't it? It's nice to know that you're doing business with human beings rather than, you know, just some faceless nameless entity out there with a corporate ID. Yeah, for sure. Well, one of the things that I wanted to touch upon before we we wrap things up is that you've also um, had experience expanding into the U S and mm-hmm. thought that there could be some good lessons or maybe insights you could share for our listeners that way. You know, those that are maybe looking to, to go to those 
markets south of the border um, as part of their growth plans. So can you maybe walk us through a bit about what that experience has been like for you? For sure. Um, doing business in the U.S. is, at the end of the day, business is sort of when you're down to the hard numbers of business. Business is business, and business people are shrewd, and we do shrewd business, and it's but the, the culture in the United States, we think of them as our neighbors and we're the same, we're all the same. Well, we're very different than they are and that's okay. And I don't mean that as in a negative way at all. Um, just the way people operate in the business world in the United States is a little bit different than the way it is in Canada. So, you know, temper your expectations about that and make sure that you're ready to do shrewd business with partners down there. Um, I really had a great time working in the US. I learned an enormous amount down there. Um, the, U the United States cannabis market is absolutely crazy. It's not like anything going on here in Canada. Uh, the Canadian cannabis market is very Canadian. <laughs> the U.S. cannabis market is very American. Can Canadians, you know, as much as we like to, um, you know, think we're wild and crazy and do all these new and innovative, excited things. Canadians are very by the book people. And we kind of do the ABC. We're in the U.S. in the cannabis market. I mean, it's very wild west and that's, it's super normal for it to be that way. I mean, they, they still store all their cash and facilities like because they're worried about banking. And then, you know, a lot of these things are, are just, they're absolutely wild because the staff are worried about raids and things like this in states that aren't necessarily, you know, it's the wild west still <laughs> down there and it's exciting. It's yeah. exciting, but you know, when you're traveling abroad to do that type of work, you know, there, there are risks that you're accepting as a Canadian as well, right? So um, I think it's really exciting. I think there's a, a ton of lessons to be learned down there. Uh, it is a huge, 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 huge market. And, uh, and here in Canada, if you think you're a, a fish of any sort down there, people have no idea who you are, what you're doing or what's going on. So make sure you check your ego when you're doing business in the United States as well. And, and there's a lot of really really good, passionate people down there doing some really, really amazing things and prepare yourself to be wowed because there are some fantastic people down there who've been working at this for a very, very long time with a government that's not nearly as uh, accepting of cannabis as we are here in Canada. So it's exciting. It's a little bit dangerous at times, <laughs> but, it's, but it's totally worth it. If, you, if you've got it in you to, to make a go for it, uh, make the plan and and take the plunge for sure. Okay. Well, I mean, this is such a unique industry and and different than than you know. I think a lot of those traditional business streams. I'm wondering if what advice would you give to an a Canadian entrepreneur who's like, you know, I'm really thinking I'd like to go into the the cannabis industry, the medical cannabis industry, what would be some of the things that you would say they need to be prepared for? And maybe what are those skills that you need to have or, or traits that you need to have to be successful? Yeah, I would say have patience. Yeah. It's going to take a long time. Uh, the red tape to travel through the regulatory processes in medical or rec are very, very difficult and they take time. Um, you've gotta be in for a long haul. This is not a, a quick rich scheme. Like it just doesn't happen. Uh, it, you have to put in the work, you have to put in the time. Maybe at the, you know, sort of maybe five years ago, you'd be able to get in and out of cannabis a little bit quicker. Not so much now, it's a long haul. 
and it's a it's a long-term business and it's a long-term business goal and you need to be patient with yourself and with Health Canada to get through that time. Uh, don't give up. It's absolutely worth it. Um, there's going to be a lot of meetings that you have that are completely pointless and a lot of people that are trying to um, leverage what you have and what you built to try and leapfrog themselves ahead. Help those that you can help but be aware of people that are leveraging you, your business or your time and experience for nothing. Um, you worked very hard to get where you are and make sure you're charging a premium for that to, to people that should be paying. Mm -hmm. um, you're worth it. You got to make sure that you know you're worth it. Mm -hmm. Well, that's great advice. That's great advice. So if, if someone wants to learn a little bit more about Patient's Choice or connect with you, how do we find you online? Where, where would be the best places to do that? Yeah, you can get us at uh, patient-choice.com. That's our online website. Um, we're there. Uh, it's very, very easy to use. Uh, it's very Spartan. And we've kept it that way on purpose. We understand that there's people out there that just we don't want them overwhelmed with a shopping experience of, you know, a hundred million things out there and they're scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. Um, we're, we're making a very thought out experience so that when people come to the site, they're not just buried in another 10,000 gummy bears, just no good. I <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't like gummy bears. <laughs> well, Joel, it's been so interesting to chat with you. Is there anything else that you would like to to share with our listeners before we say goodbye today? Yeah, for sure. And it's not related to my business, but if you see something that needs to be changed and you think you can change it, you need to stand up and do it. You need to stand up and act out because if it's not you, who's going to do it? you got to be the one. So stand up, get out there and go get it. You know what? I can't think of a better way to end the show. So thank you so much for those inspiring words and for sharing your knowledge about, you know, an industry that we're still learning how to navigate. And it sounds like there's still a lot of work to be done, but really enjoyed chatting with you and best of luck to you as you go forward. Thank you very much. Thank you, Bonnie. I really appreciate your, uh, your kind words. We're grateful for you guys out there. And uh, to all you entrepreneurs out there, you got this. Just keep taking itty bitty tiny steps, one baby step at a time. One step at a time. All right, Joel, have a great day. Thanks so much. Thank you.